0: Hello and a very pleasant welcome to Moments of Assurance Weekend here on Worldwide KFUO, the messenger of good news. Glad to have you along. I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson, your host. You can reach me at any time at mark.hawkinson at kfuo.org or you can contact me via my voicemail at 314-996-1520. Today, some thoughts during this brief quarter hour this morning about who you are living for in your life. And I'll apply it to myself, of course, as well. St. Paul wrote to the Romans, So then, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. You know that sinful flesh that you inherited from Adam? it no longer has any claim on you and me at all. As a Christian, you and I have absolutely no obligation or debt to pay there whatsoever because you and I belong to Christ. And since he already paid all the debt of your sins and mine, there is no obligation to follow the flesh, but there is the joy of following the Spirit, of being led by the Spirit. For the scripture states, all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God, meaning children of God. So the good things you do are the evidence of the Spirit's dwelling in you. The proof of the spiritual pudding. It'd be just like the preacher who gets up in the pulpit and preaches to his flock all about the subject of kindness and then proceeds after the service to give an elderly person a ride home and even mow their lawn the next day. That's pushing it, isn't it? (laughs) Those actions proved his message was a genuine one. His words and actions matched. Indeed, the proof of the pudding is in doing those good things, whatever they might be. The Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesians, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them, not for merit. Of course not, but because we get to inherit heaven freely. Jesus has said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him will bear much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Of course, connected to Christ, you can do all things for him, for his glory, to carry out the gospel story. The true message that saves. Of course, I questioned if any Christian can carry out that message if his actions don't match his words. Remember the preacher I just told you about? What if he would have gotten up in the pulpit and preached a sermon on being kind to others and then proceeded after the service outside on the lawn to berate the music director and the assistant pastor to a couple of people? Gossiping and hurting their reputation is hardly kind. It's hateful. So there's no matchup of words and actions there. The pastor has slipped on over to living according to the flesh and letting his sinful nature take over. As somebody once said, living by the flesh means your refusal to renounce the devil, your refusal to renounce sin in your life. No, instead of renouncing them, you are affirming them. As one author has stated, how idle to talk of other people as being greater sinners than we are, to flatter and deceive ourselves with that. That's living according to the flesh. So the flesh or the spirit? Which will it be for you today? While it's true that the slightest spark of faith is saving faith, living according to the flesh does not fan that spark. No, it fans the flesh. A famous evangelist used to say that if we had to go about with a glass window over our hearts, we would all want that window to be stained glass, for our hearts are rotten to the core. The tree is diseased, not at the top, but at the root. That's original sin. Consider the account of David and Bathsheba in 2 Samuel chapter 11. It says it happened late one afternoon when David arose from his couch and was walking on the roof of the king's house that he saw from the roof a woman bathing. Okay, if he's a normal male, if he continues to look, he's going to want to go further than just a look. And that's what happened. The text states, and David sent and inquired about that woman. And somebody said, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? So David sent messengers and took her, and she came to him, and he lay with her. Okay, big mistake on the part of David. He looked at her too long, bathing, and she was beautiful, and the sinful flesh took over. He wanted her. He got her. That's living according to the flesh, with the flesh in the on-top position. As somebody once said, sin is like the descent of a hill. Every step we take increases the difficulty of our return. How about you this morning? Will it be the flesh or the spirit? Do your words and do your actions match up? For you did not receive, the Bible says, the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by which we cry out, Abba, Father, which freely translated means, Hello, Dad. There's a real element of personalness when it comes to how you can address the Almighty as an adopted, baptized son or daughter of God. I'll talk more about this coming up in the next segment. Keep it here. Moments of Assurance is underwritten by Mid-American Coaches, where tour professionals will assist you in selecting the package trip that fits your travel desires. Destinations such as the Amish country of central Illinois or Hannibal, Missouri, for a journey to Mark Twain country or a multi-day trip to Mackinac Island or the Grand Canyon. Mid-American Coaches, where serving you is their privilege. 636-432-7860. Well, a very pleasant welcome back. You're listening to Moments of Assurance Weekend. I'm Pastor Mark Hawkinson talking about whether or not you're living according to the flesh or according to the spirit, which will it be for you today? So when you're tempted, as King David was in the case of Bathsheba or in any other way, you have the privilege of crying out from the text, Rabbi Father. Which means, hello, Dad. Or you could say, help me, Dad. Give me your strength to rise above myself, to not slide over to the side of living for the flesh. Whether you're tempted to cheat on your spouse or your income tax or to gossip about your neighbor, whatever the flesh tempts you to do, you can make the cry, Abba, Father. Help me through your word, dear Father. Because if, i tell you what, if you do not ask for that help, the devil may see your weakness. St. Peter has written, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him. Say, Abba, Father, help me, Father, through your word. Or if you don't say it, and slip. Then that's a shame. doesn't have to be that way. The Apostle John has written, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride in possessions is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. Why fool around with something that's passing away? The Bible says, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. The will of God being done Because Jesus did the will of the Father by suffering, dying, and rising again in your place. If you look at that, you spend time thinking about that and pondering that fact, reflecting on that kind of uh, huge love for you through the Word, then you don't have the desire to live according to the flesh. But if you don't spend time in the Word, then you're going to start moving in that direction. Toward living according to the flesh. To the flesh, if a person starts slipping down a steep hill, there might be a few branches to grab onto at first as you head downward. But you know what? Sooner or later, you're going to run out of branches, and down you will go all the way to the pit of destruction. One author has written, You take a tiger cub into your house. It's graceful in its motions. It's playful and affectionate. But it grows up and becomes your master, if not your murderer. An individual by the name of Hammerstein said, A single sin, whatever its name, may enslave you for life. A single wrong turn of a railway switch may cause a great disaster. A single leak in a ship may cause it to sink beneath the waves. It doesn't require many sins to ensnare the soul. Really, only one. And that just might be the sin of pride. That says, I really don't need God in my life after all. I'm doing quite well, thank you very much. But pride goes just before the fall. One author writes, On a cold winter day, a man was watching the rapids above Niagara Falls. He noticed the carcass of a sheep floating along in the swift current. Presently, he saw an eagle swoop down on the carcass to feed. The eagle was aware of the falls, but it had no fear For when it got to the brink, it could lift its powerful wings and fly away in safety. But the eagle had not considered the paralyzing power of frost. At the last moment, it lifted its wings to fly, but its feet were frozen fast to the sheep's fleece. And so this king of birds, in spite of its powerful wings, went over the falls and was dashed to pieces on the rocks below. No, the eagle had not considered the frost. Have you considered the paralyzing power of sin in your life to not only bring you havoc, but to bring you all the way down? The scriptures are true. The wages of sin is death. The free gift of God is eternal life. See, that's the result of slipping all the way down. Eternal death, that is. Don't let that happen. Cry out, Abba, Father. Hello, Dad, help me. And he does help. He gives you his Holy Spirit. The Bible says the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So you know who you are as his child. St. Paul goes on, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God. And get this, this is even better, fellow heirs with Christ, co-heirs. One commentator has stated, our full status as God's children makes us beneficiaries of everything Christ possesses, namely heaven, eternal life. You are his co-heir. You get the inheritance. Think about that every day. The Word of God enables you to think and do according to the Spirit. So when the flesh pops up and tempts you to live accordingly, the Spirit pops up higher and pushes down that temptation. St. Paul writes, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another, singing psalms and hymns with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do it all for the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Indeed, the Holy Spirit working through that rich dwelling produces all of that. So when the flesh pops up, the spirit rises up higher, and people will know when they come in contact with you. You've been spending time with the Master. Spend time there today, won't you? Thanks for being along. You've been listening to Moments of Assurance, produced by Worldwide KFUO. Moments of Assurance is underwritten by Mid American Coaches, Mid-AmericanCoaches.net. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. Or you can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting Moments of Assurance on Worldwide KFUO.